It might please some of you to learn that I'm not going to explain reality to you scientifically. Not because explaining it that way is incredibly complicated and would take too much time, but because scientifically, I don't know what reality actually is. No one does. However, if my lack of scientific knowledge about reality disturbs you, you can still rest assured knowing that some of the world's most learned minds are constantly working on it. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Adam Ripley, the avatar for the Beyond the Rituals community. If you are a first-time listener, welcome to the program. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. Today's subject the nature of our reality. But first, a quick commercial. If you enjoy our podcast, you can listen to them on the go. Search for Discerning Truth. We are on all the major podcast platforms. So subscribe and rate them wherever you listen. By doing so, you let us know that you support what we're doing and encourage us to continue. Thanks in advance. Now, on with the podcast. Let's establish a few things. First, at the very least, we think we exist. Second, we believe we live on a planet we call Earth, and that we experience life as we do. The things we see, we mostly think other people see as well. Based on this, we can presume that what we experience and can experience with each other represents the reality in which we exist. Reality, then, is the experience of the existence we share. The divine law teaches that reality exists outside of our minds, and asserts that we exist within reality and cannot separate ourselves from it or live outside it. It is where we're born, where we live, and where we die. We are subject to its physical laws and all that we encounter within it. What that means is that what we share or can share is the truth of the reality in which we live. The truth? Yes, the truth. If we both see the tree, the physical laws that govern this reality support that type of tree's existence. Nothing can exist in this reality without their support. Therefore, the tree represents the truth of the reality in which we live. It is essential to understand that the reality we share is not only earthbound. Instead, it encompasses everything that exists within all that we share or can share, and all that we know and are yet to know about it. Everything that exists in the universe, 
and all we might discover beyond it. Some say this reality is but an illusion, that for all we know, we are brains and vats imagining what we think we are experiencing. I certainly cannot prove them wrong. That we popped into existence ten seconds ago, believing as we do, with the memories we have, is also a possibility I cannot disprove. However, that I cannot disprove them is irrelevant. The fact is, we can question whether reality exists, but we cannot replace it, and we cannot divorce ourselves from it. We cannot go to where the vats are and see ourselves in them, or go back 11 seconds and experience where we were. Therefore, we must accept this reality and all we experience within it, illusion or not, as the truth. Some would argue that because we can share virtual reality, through headsets and other equipment, that it must also be the truth. Not so. Unlike physical reality, virtual reality cannot sustain life. For example, one does not eat the food one prepares in a virtual kitchen or drink the beverages one buys from its stores. Therefore, virtual reality is nothing more than a shared experience within the reality we share. Although we can and do imagine many others, this is the only reality we know. We can create or believe in the existence of whatever we want, but we cannot physically share the experiences we imagine with other people. So, now that we've established that we share this reality, let's talk about what we must do to succeed within it. It is this reality in which God has created me that I'm to focus my concern. It is my responsibility to live the life God has given me in accordance with the divine law and the laws that govern the society in which I live. And along with being thankful unto God for all things, I am to respect and treat others as I would myself, and live my life as positively and as responsibly as I possibly can. Brick 9. The Foundation of Understanding the philosophy of the divine law holds that God has already provided everything we will ever need in this reality to build a positive and prosperous life, regardless of our character, religion, philosophy, or beliefs. The philosophy asserts that there are no chosen people, no one singled out for an extra helping of God's favor but that what God has provided is available to us all, the pious, the atheist, and the indifferent. However, 
everything within the abundance God has provided has requirements we must satisfy before we can attain them. Some require individual effort. Others do not. For example, while it takes personal effort to learn a skill or earn a degree, someone else might pay our bills, provide us with shelter, or in other ways subsidize our lives. But no matter how we get what we receive, someone must put in the labor before we can have it. We learned in the previous lesson that God neither rewards nor punishes. Instead, that reward and punishment are human constructions. When we meet the requirements of the things we desire or the goals we have set, our reward is that we have the opportunity to reach them and reap their benefits. Conversely, when we do not do what our goals and desires require, we cannot achieve them. In effect, that is our punishment. In this reality, the quality of our decisions determine the quality of our lives. Therefore, it is essential to ensure we weigh our decisions carefully especially when making serious life choices. To bring the goals nested within our decisions to fruition, we must first meet the requirements to qualify for the training we need to attain their skills. Then, after achieving them, we must continue to improve and maintain the skills we've gained to keep them which helps us to ensure a consistent source of income. Quality life choices, proper training, the required skill set, and a consistent source of income. These together are what separates success in this reality from failure. Think of them as an equation for a quality life. Unless you are a teenager, I'm not telling you anything new here. From the abundance God has provided, anyone, physically and mentally able, can build a quality life, no matter their moral character. Good, bad, or indifferent, those who meet the requirements of their goals reap their benefits. Achieving a quality life is not about what we believe. It is about what we do. The farm of the evil person with excellent farming skills and experience will outperform the farm of the pious person who does not have good farming skills and knowledge. No matter how much or earnest the pious farmer prays. However, life is more than the goals we achieve or the things we have. The type of person we are, how we treat other people, care for our environment, and whether our conduct is consistently appropriate also define the quality of our lives. Goals, though important, are 
our personal desires. Material things are impersonal. Nothing more than the things we have. Reaching every goal and attaining all the material things one needs or wants, and yet being unhappy, would leave most of us lost and lonely. We're not solitary beings here, sovereign islands of one. We are social beings. We share this reality. Successfully sharing with others gives our lives maximum value. We must never forget that in this reality, we need other people. We'd like to know your thoughts on the matter. Take a moment and let us know what you think in the comment section. Until next week, I'm Adam Repley, and this is Discerning Truth.